But it's probably colder year-round in Iceland than it is here. You know the story why they call Iceland? They were trying to trick people from coming there. This Bites, discussing Milwaukee's culinary and restaurant culture. With Ann Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine and Tariq Moody of 88.9. This Bites is brought to you by Society Insurance. Welcome to This Bites, Milwaukee's culinary podcast with the effervescent and lovely Ann Christensen. And me, Tariq, a.k.a. the architect, just me. We're talking about mushrooms this most most of this yeah, week. We're know, talking about mushrooms. This I week. love mushrooms. Did I ever tell you how much I love mushrooms? No. Well, there. Well, here's the thing. I mean, mushrooms are probably more popular now than they have been in a while, and there's different reasons for this. Back when we've talked about trends that are kind of filtering mm-hmm. through the dining world, mushrooms is one of those, and it has a lot to do with this whole plant-based lifestyle craze mm-hmm. because. If you cook certain mushrooms in a certain meaty. way, they're very meaty. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've you maybe have also had um, a, a mushroom burger that was, you know, very satisfying and kind of meaty and, and gave you the impression maybe I don't know if you were blindfolded and had your taste. You have buds. mushroom burgers, but also yeah, covered, had, I was going to say that it actually made you think with okay, you had a br- beef with it too. <laughs> Sometimes you think yeah, it's meaty enough to be a good substitute for beef. Anyway, so this story that I did that's in um, right here, I'm showing you. It's our April issue. issue. It's in Milwaukee April magazine. issue, yeah. It's about Mike Joswick. He is otherwise known as Mushroom Mike, which he says is a name that was created by these different restaurant owners and chefs out in Madison, including Tori Miller, who owns La Toile. He was um, selling mushrooms when he was in school at UW-Madison, he was knocking on the doors of these restaurants, and he was just kind of doing this on the side. So that's what it stemmed from. Yes, exactly. Good one. <laughs> um, he grew up in a family where that foraged, they hunted, they fished, they did all this stuff. He, it was something that's been, always been part of his life. However, he went to school. He, he um, didn't always plan to go into the business of, of foraging mushrooms and supplying them to to customers mm-hmm. and to restaurants but this happened after he went to school kind of got you know sidetracked by a different job and then you know he decided this was going to be something he wanted to do full time okay so now he's got this Milwaukee based business Mushroom Mike LLC uh, he got his sort of foothold into the Milwaukee scene by knocking on the door of Lake Park Bistro hmm. years ago when Miles Borgrave, who now owns Birch and Butcher, was working there, mm. along with um, the late Todd Moore, who was the head chef there at the time. They really liked his stuff, and he was able to come also with kind of this, you know, proof that what he was bringing them was legit, yeah. you know? So he has this little shroom factory that's in the Harbor District here, mm-hmm. where he will get these shrooms in and house them temporarily. He also grows like microgreens and other specialty greens okay. there and is in the process of building a much larger facility like in the New Berlin area. Okay. Um, what you need to know, though, is he supplies directly to restaurants, all the Bartolotta restaurants, Good Kind, Morel, Odd Duck, Dan Dan. So he works directly with those places, supplies mushrooms to them. He also um, has a website where you as a consumer could get on the website and order oh, so some of his products. Oh, he's a direct-to-consumer product. Yes. Okay, that's cool. And, but the pickup is B- Birch and Butcher. Oh, so, so there's no delivery. It's, you have to go pick it up. Correct, okay. correct. 
when he, he moves into that larger facility, maybe he will expand his reach and it'll be even easier to get those things. Um, the other thing that he is also known for is that um, at the Bartolotta restaurants, they do two to three mushroom dinners a year with Mushroom, mushroom Mike. Mike. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 pride. We're back. All things mushrooms. Kind of a mostly mushroom edition of This Spice this week. Uh, we just mentioned a little piece about uh, Mushroom Mike. And we're going to get into the dinner he kind of collaborates on mm-hmm. with uh, one of the dinners, Lake Park Bistro. Can you uh, yeah, this elaborate? Is- Yes, he does an annual morel mushroom dinner. No, he's not cooking the food. He supplies them with different mm. types of morels or different species of morels. And um, the chef de cuisine there, um, John Raymond, will be handling um, the actual creation of those courses. Um, I don't have the menu yet for it. It's coming up on May 23rd. So it's five courses with five pairings, so five different drink pairings. Um, it's 6.30 p.m. at a set price, so you can already reserve a spot there for okay. that. Later in the year, there's also, I've been to this, there's um, like in the fall, there's like a, there's a fall mushroom dinner okay. that is all different kinds of mushrooms, and each is, is somewhere incorporated into a different course of the menu. Really mm. interesting. Um, the last one, as I said, was in October. Um, some really cool stuff. If you're into mushrooms or, you, or if you just want to learn more about them, it's pretty fascinating. Um, you know, and even in the story that we did, I mean, you will see photos of mushrooms. Like if you've never seen the lion's mane mushroom. No. It looks like. The lion's mane? It, yeah. Well, it, the, the other name for it is the bearded tooth fungus. That's a different name for it. A lot of mushrooms have more than one that name as say, well as their Latin appetizing. name. No. <laughs> but it looks like a bearded tooth fungus. Yeah, it sounds like a disease. And its um, flavor is similar to Dungeness crab. No way! So, yes. No, yes way. Um, I'll go get some. Is that like, can I get that in order to get it at Birch and Butcher? You, but you got to go through mushroommikellc.com. Okay. But yeah, you can. You've had it? I've, I've had them at a mushroom dinner. And it tastes like crab? It's amazing what it tastes like, yes. I mean, and a lot of these mushrooms have incredible, incredible you know, whether it's brininess or um, a, a, almost like the flavor of a lobster, that there are other mushrooms that, yeah. that might have that, to, I mean, just an incredibly, um, you know, either very delicate texture or something that's really taut and firm. Mm. Um, and some of them are just plain beautiful. They look like flowers. Mm. Um, so if you just want to open your eyes to the world of mushrooms, um, going to one of these mushrooms dinners really mm. will do cool. that. Definitely want to check out that bearded tooth. Bearded fungus. tooth fungus. Why don't you just call it crab fungus. Uh, yeah, well, I I don't know who named it that, so <laughs> maybe you could tell them to shorten it. He did one of the, one of the things he mentioned in the story um, is one of his favorite mushrooms for flavor. It's a mushroom that's called. It's got different names here. The ground. It's called a ground prune or hunter's heart, but its its Latin name is um, Entoloma abortium. And its flavor, um, he compares to shrimp. So that that he said is one of one of his actual yeah. favorite. Have mushrooms. you ever used mushroom powder for dishes? Not powder, no. Well, it's a very umami kind of. Yeah, I, I, in Asian I would cuisine, imagine. they have mushroom powder. I got a bag at home. There's also some artisanal mushroom powder. It's kind of like 
you can like use it as a substitute for like MSG or something. It's like oh, it adds, like, so you a, do use it mm-hmm. like often in dishes? I, I don't use it that often. I use it in special dishes I'm making, but Okay. Yeah. Um, did you want me to mention a few other mushroom related yeah. things? Because yeah. once you start looking around, you realize just how many of these things there are because there's a lot of people that are really interested mm-hmm. in mushrooms. Um, uh, so there is this Wisconsin uh, mycological mycological society which is essentially people that are have an in, you know interest in foraging or cooking or use of mushrooms for medicinal reasons um you can actually join a society and they have different workshops and they definitely um talk about different dinners coming up so um there is an event coming up um on april 25th at the urban ecology center uh and it's it's fungi for optimal health and healing so this particular speaker uh, is going to be showing people different ways to use mushroom uh, with a focus on health and healing. So there's going to be a mushroom beverage and different vegetables. And I know we talked about this when we talked about trends. There is like there are these mushroom lattes that are really big now. I heard about that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Mushrooms are kind of kind of hot right now. Also, another morel dinner is in May as well. Um, it's it's three nights at the Trout House, which is the restaurant inside Rushing Waters Fisheries. Oh, the, 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 the trout. The trout farm in Palmyra. Uh, so they're going to be doing a three-course Morel Madness dinner special. Um, three different nights. Again, uh, that's something that you can... would be a great kind of road trip to go to Palmyra, too. But, you know, what's interesting, too, about, about foraging... I mean, like... I don't know anything about what to look for. And I I guess, you know, the the thing t- that, that I would want to do is leave it in the hands of a really expert forager. Because Have you been with a forager? Have you been out? No, but I'd really love to do that. But I would also just want to be really careful, you know. I would never do it on my own without being with an expert, what, is what, what I'm what saying. What are you scared of? Um, eating a mushroom that might kill me. Or eating something that's not a mushroom that might kill me. Um, Overrated? Odds. I mean, no, uh, no Tariq, there's plenty of stuff out there no, that's poisonous. You can get hit by a bus. Next up, Lumpia. There's yeah. A, there's a Lumpia event. Before we talk about the event, for those who don't know what a Lumpia is, what is a Lumpia? And then talk about the event. Olympia is a Filipino egg roll. Okay. And um, there is uh, there's a company, like a food truck called Lumpia City. They specialize in them. And this is the second year they're going to be doing their Olympia eating contest. Uh, and it's going to be at Third Space Brewing on 15th and St. Paul. That's on April 28th. And so uh, at this point in time, they are still, or they were, still looking for contestants to enter the contest. Tariq, are you interested? Only if you join me, Anne. Really? Okay. Well, I don't know. Um, you have to be at least 21 years old. I, I that might, Yeah, that might disqualify me, too. Um but uh, just so you know, this is what it's going to entail. The first person to finish all 15 pieces of their sriracha pork lumpia. is first person to do that or the, the one who eats um, the most within five minutes is going to be crowned the champion. So I assume that sriracha is, uh, has a little heat to it. I, I think so. So I don't know. I thought that would be a little bit of an incentive for you because I know how much you love sriracha. But I can see you doing that, you know? It's like, it's a good yeah. replacement for coffee. Yeah, maybe. I know, the sriracha, like, yeah. 
You're a big fan of caffeine. Uh, no, I'm not. Not these days. No, I'm not. But and I hear lumpia is a great substitute for caffeine. <laughs> so. Okay. Well, um, in, in any event, this is going to be, I'm sure it's going to be an interesting um, food contest to watch if you just, if you want to just be a spectator on Sunday, April 28th at 1 p.m. at Third Space Brewing on 15th. Because once you eat it, they're going to have to roll. They're going to have to roll you out. Because like, they're rolls. Get it? Let's talk about your favorite thing, pie. Pie. I love so, to talk about pie. I can talk about pie. So honey pie is going to do, they're they having some things going on, um, classes yeah. and workshops. They call it the honey pie, pie sessions. The pie sessions. They've been doing this for a while now. Um, and I've been wanting to take one of these classes. Um, uh, Val Lux, who's one of the owners of Honey Pie and Palomino, she's the pie lady. I mean, she's the one who's pretty much like, you know, created and founded this whole like baking kitchen that they that they created, the Bake Shop Kitchen. Um, and uh, I think doing the pie sessions is just a way of sort of spreading the pie love to people who maybe want to learn more about how mm-hmm. they can bake better at home. Okay, so. Um, these courses, they're different, um, like two-hour sessions. Um, they're hands-on, which to me is the best way to learn how to cook. I know that you know mm-hmm. some classes aren't, aren't always, no. but um, and they're held in the kitchen of Palomino, which is their sister Ooh. restaurant. They're not they're not held at Honey Pie. Um, Good thing the kitchen not as big, maybe. The Palomino kitchen is it's bigger. bigger yeah. yeah. So again, so it's, it's like a two to three-hour class, and coming up. Um, so they've got one, um, on the, the 16th or had one on the 16th that was classic cream pies. Um, so they were, they were just, um, specializing in making a cream pie filling the most luscious creamy filling you can possibly imagine. Um, and then they would be doing, making things like chest pie, buttermilk pie, egg quiche, mm. I made which I think you'd be once. into that. Buttermilk pie? I made a buttermilk pie for the office. And it was probably three, four years That's ago. That's right, because there weren't, there wasn't any of it left when I got here, which is always what happens when you cook. Well, come on time. I know. Well, <laughs> um, okay, on the 22nd, Tariq, savory hand pies and pasties. Um, so uh, Pasties like a burlesque show pasties? Uh, no. <laughs> And, and what you're thinking of is actually pronounced differently, I think. I don't know. My pronunciation. I'm not going to say. This is a family <laughs> show. Uh, so they're going to be talking about all butter crusts that are flaky and flavorful um, and making different savoring fillings for your pasties. On the 23rd, <laughs> yeah, okay, keep laughing over there. On the 23rd, Door County Cherry Pies with Lattice Crusts. Woohoo! I do love a good cherry pie. Um... What pitfalls, they're going to do a lot of how-tos here. You're going to learn a lot of how-tos and a lot of whatnots. So to make like the perfect crust, the perfect tart cherry filling. Um, on the 28th, a butter crust and an heirloom apple pie. Um, 29th, biscuits. Biscuits. Biscuits on the 29th. Um, buttery handmade biscuits. Butter, yes. cold butter. Cold butter, key. that's the key. Um so they're going to be mixing and folding and forming biscuit dough um, and, uh, you know, just showing you how to make the best biscuit you can possibly make, which is the only biscuit you should be making. And you got to have Southern blood in you. If you can't, I, then you're I guess. Luck, so. Maybe you could buy some Southern <laughs> blood. I don't know. But um, then I'm going to finish up with this, the, the next one coming, or the next one after that, sorry, the, the last one in the series, which is on the 30th, um, 
because Derby Day is just going to be right around the corner. Um, they're going to be talking about pies that are that uh, are called the Kentucky Derby Pie. Derby Pie, yeah. It's a Derby Pie, um, and they're going to be baking a blind pie shell um, for filling uh, like a classic chocolate pecan filling. Okay. Um, so you're going to that's that's the kind of pie that you're just going to be baking without the filling inside. Cool. So and then you add that later. So anyway, there's a lot of applications here and a lot of different kinds of pies oh, that you can make. I know why you Things like you it. Need to know. What? You're so crusty. <laughs> wow. Okay. I think na- from now on, I think from now on, Tariq, I mean, I I, I think that perhaps you're going to stop calling me effervescent and in the intros, you're going to be starting to say, Ann, she's so crusty. <laughs> We're going to end on um, cocktails. Uh, we mentioned Bitter Cube Bar Mazar. They do classes and workshops too. Yeah. That new place out near the Washington Park kind of vibe area over there. They're doing, last week, uh, they had a beer cocktail workshop. This week, they're doing a workshop called Behind the Bar, Music Inspiration. So, Bar Manager and Bittercube Research Development Coordinator. So, they have an R&D, which is kind of cool. Yeah. What do you do for a living? I'm an R&D for cocktails. Like, dude, I want your job. Well, Um, when you think about it, though, Bittercube is a... It's much bigger than Milwaukee. I yeah. mean, their their products okay. are obviously all over the United I'm States. I'm just saying but... that title, R&D. I know. Like oh, that's like, fancy. You know, Brandon Reyes is going to give a behind-the-scenes look at their approach in using Prince's iconic music to inspire uh, this month's cocktail menu. They did it before in the old uh, Bitter Cube kind of speakeasy place. They had a Prince when he uh, unfortunately passed when away. When they had... Uh, Doc 18. Doc 18. Mm-hmm. So when Prince unfortunately passed away, mm-hmm. they had a whole menu inspired by Prince music. So he's going to discuss how they are inspired to create cocktails based on music. And then in addition to that, they're going to give you tips and suggestions on ways you successfully throw a theme party at your home. It would include two cocktails and a discount. To, you can buy the ingredients to make at home. Did you, when they had that Prince like homage back when he mm-hmm. passed away, did you go there? Yeah, I went. Did you find? I like. I went. I had. I got my tattoo, and then I went right after I got my tattoo. What did you think of the cocktails? They were good. I took. I mean, I took Uber, but they were really good. Yeah. No, but I. I I mean, as far as like invoking Prince's music, did they? That's what I'm wondering. How? How? Three years ago, I just. I don't know. Maybe because I was always in the. I was always in the spirit. I guess it's it's an imaginary. It's an imagination thing. You know, it's like. It's like architecture's concept. You think when you design something, there's a concept behind it, like the museum. So it evo- if it evokes something in you and you feel it, like you hear something, you're like, yeah, I, I feel that. I mean, it's subjective. It's art, right? Mm-hmm. So there's no factual objection to it. It's kind of like you were given a reason why you use these certain ingredients because, so I guess he's explaining, this is why we did it this way. This is what it meant to us when we, when we heard, like they did a, a, a cocktail based off Cherry Moon. Is it Cherry Moon? Yeah. Um, so, I'm in Cherry Moon, right? Yeah. So, it explains kind of the reasons why they use this instead of this, because of this lyric, or because of this. You know, it's just it's talking about it, sharing why mm, the concept. Interesting. So, I, I just, um, I, I think I'm it's just art. In, it's art. Yeah, right? and I'm just intrigued by people that do things like... It's like sound bites. It's like what, exactly. Yeah. I was going to say, like that. With it's a very dish subjective. And like what I feel, and like this is what it evokes to me when I hear this song. I I think sweet. Uh, right. Okay. Like, assume if you if I gave you like your favorite song, pour some sugar on me from. Uh, I think you'd want me to Def come up Leopard. with something crusty. <laughs> 
Like, you know, pour some sugar on me from Def Leppard. Yeah, your favorite band, right? Um, I, I don't like where this is going. So, like, if you hear that song, you know that song, right? Pour some No, I don't. I don't know that song. Oh. <laughs> yes, I have heard that song. So what, if you heard that song, I'm just saying, if you heard that song, what flavors do you think of when you hear that song? Uh, sweet. See, that's, that's, I mean that that, but that's or better yet, let's get, let's make it complicated, a little more complicated, a little easy for you. Let's think of a song that you like, "Skinny Love," "Bon Iver." Um, like, what do you think? Like what? Like I don't. What flavors that come to mind? You hear that song in your head. Like what would you want to eat? Uh, uh, um. Does it like provoke like? cabin like a hot chocolate because it seems like he's wrote the song in a cabin like you drink a hot chocolate in the cabin and like sure you see what i'm saying i'm trying to like yeah, yeah. no i do i do i do i'm trying to explain like i'm still back at this like def leppard your favorite band you no, like, no 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 oh. i'm just i i don't know i'm not i don't have a uh, by any stretch of the imagination an encyclopedic knowledge of songs or music so um i don't even know Exactly what went into that Bon Iver song. I know a few Bon Iver songs, very few. Like, what's so, favorite, like, uh, like, I know you love Cardi B. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, yeah, sure. I see, what? I see you do the dance outside of Cardi uh-huh. B. And you go like, or, yeah. I can't even do that. Okay, I, like you, you do it all the time. I don't know why you hide it. I, I don't know why I hide it either. Yeah. The world should know. And as a huge Cardi B fan, by the way. So, just let you know if you're looking for a present, Cardi B. Cardi B. Anyway, that's this week's edition of This Bites. Has anyone ever asked you, your, who is your all-time favorite? Artist? Yeah. Bjork. Seriously? Yeah. I'm a Bjork fan to, to the day I die. I don't think I ever knew that. I thought you were going to say Prince or... Uh, Prince is up there. Prince is... Bjork is... Um, I think Prince and Bjork are cut, cut from the same cloth, personally, uh, creatively. I, I, I think Prince would have been my only... Uh, my only... Prince is more... He is a lifestyle. He is a yeah. embodiment of more than just his music. Yeah, you know, Prince, Prince is, is the more, only one that pops into my head. Yeah. I can honestly Prince think to of me is else. more than music. More about I, music. Than I that. did not realize yeah. you love Bjork. Yeah. So, like you know, Prince is he is embodiment of more than just his art. Okay. You know? Yeah. No, it's true. He absolutely you know, is. Bjork and I guess Bjork is like, too. Right? But Bjork is just that voice. It's she's not human. Like when I first heard her voice when she scared cubes. I was in college, and I just like, who the hell is this? I, yeah. I, I've never done that with someone's voice. Like, you grew up with Prince, right? So yeah. Prince has been part of my life since I was a kid. Bjork was until I got to college. So when I heard that voice, I never heard a voice like that. You know, just like I was so fascinated by her, her creativity, and her. Is art. she still recording music? Not as much. I mean, she was at Pitchfork two years ago. She's done some, she's into science and technology. She's, yeah, she's just, I have a huge crush on her because she looks like an elf, you know? <laughs> Let me know in, in all, in most respect and niceness. Yeah, Bjork is just, something about her it gives me goosebumps. Wow, uh, I just learned something new about yeah. you. I And that's one of the reasons I was going to Iceland. She's the reason why I'm like, if she comes from Iceland, I need to visit that place. Okay, You've never said you wanted to go to Iceland before, not on yeah. this bike, have no. you? I might have mentioned how much I love Iceland when we talked about it. Wow, you are a mystery man. Yeah, I am. Unique, I'm different. Okay, well, with that, Tariq. So, this bite is yeah. produced by Kim Perez. That's what we do. And Craft's exciting inspiration comes from the Licensed Lab with support from Society Insurance and, of course, your membership. 
Subscribe to this podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org on iTunes or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And as always, stay hungry. And keep the Malort cold, which it would stay very cold if you were in Iceland. Well, actually, it's colder here in winter than Iceland. And if you complain, I'll be